Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Talking everything St. Louis Blues as we head into the Blues booth. Presented by Boardwalk Hardwood Floors, a proud partner of your St. Louis Blues. Find your perfect new floor at our four convenient locations and online at BoardwalkHardwood.com. Kerry Davis, I'm Randy Carricker. It's the opening drive on 101 ESPN, and standing by is the voice of your St. Louis Blues, Chris Kerber. And Kerbs, I want to start with this. I know that you had developed over the years, as anybody who was around Ryan O'Reilly, uh, a really good relationship with him, and we were all sad to see him traded. And I just wanted to congratulate you and Joey on the way you handled the trade, especially during the game on Saturday, because it, it's tough. It's tough as a fan. It's tough as when you do your job, you, you lose a friend walking out the door. But I thought that the way that you and Joey handled that was was brilliant. I was driving around and couldn't have been happier or more proud of the way that our station and the Blues broadcast handled that departure. Yeah, thanks, Randy. Uh, a lot of great effort, uh, you know, behind the scenes for us to put these broadcasts on. You know, Grant Francis, Alex Ferrario, you know, we're texting Tommy Mattern, who's working down there with everybody, and Mardi Gras. And it takes it takes a village, man, and, and I, it was excellent. The, the Blues delayed the you know, the presser five minutes so we could make sure that it was carried live on 101. And uh, every, everybody was, was just a great team effort. And uh, you know what? Those are those are unique games to have to do. And especially over the weekend, both of these games, and, and behind the scenes to give people an idea of just kind of as a broadcaster how you might handle that. But, you know, we, we talk about it uh, off the air, even with, with Panger and JK, who you guys talk to once a week every morning on the, at this time. And, uh, and it, because the, the real challenge then is not only do people you've gotten to know leave and you wonder, Hey, geez. I mean, and, and like, like we didn't get to see him, you, you, know, you shoot him a text, whatever it may be. Uh, now you, you go into games and you know, the players are trying to win, you know, you know, the coaches are, are coaching to win, but you know how much more of a challenge winning is going to be. And, and at the same time, as a broadcaster, you really want to present the scenario as honestly and as accurately as you can. And, um, man, that's what, that, that's what kind of uh, changes the whole perspective of, of two games like we had on the weekend. Hey, Curves, hockey aside, what was the mood of the players um, after the announcement of, of, the, of the trade of O'Reilly? I, we, we know it was, we were expecting it for a while, but to actually hear it and, and see it happen, what was their mood like? Uh, I, yeah, I think the thing, Kerry, is like you said, the expectation was there, and then, like any other aspect of your life, I guess, when you, when you know something is coming, when you know something is coming, and you uh, and 
and then you can't avoid it, then when it finally hits, then there's the reality that you're dealing with. And to me, that's, that's what this weekend was like. It was like, okay, we know some moves could be happening. I think there was a, I, I think a cloud was lifted in the initial Tarasenko trade. And then the SmackDown happened with the O'Reilly trade. Does that make sense? And then, mm-hmm. So and, and now there's I, you're still in the anticipation, guys, of these next two weeks of what else could happen. There's still the Ivan Barbashev situation to get figured out. Uh, and, and then just because, you know, guys that are, are not unrestricted free agents don't feel like they're in the clear in something like this. You know, so I don't it's it's going to be a little tense. It's going to be a little tight. And I don't think things level out until after the trade deadline. And that's what I've experienced over the years with teams that are either buying, selling or frankly, to be honest with you, even in a couple of years where the Blues have done very little, the, the, the couple of weeks leading up into the trade deadline are intense. Yeah, and you're right with the uh, – there's specifically one guy in, in Barbashev that we'll be keeping an eye on over the course of the next couple of weeks. And this is from a, a fan's perspective. I'm, I'm always entranced by the idea of watching young players get their opportunity. And I don't know if these guys are going to wind up being stars or superstars, but so often, Curbs, we find guys – and we watch guys. Remember the CPR line? Who would have ever thought that uh, Porter yeah. and, and Cracknell and uh, who, who am I leaving out? Reeves. Yeah, Reeves. That those guys would be such an effective fourth line. And that's the sort of thing I'll be watching for over the, the stretch of this season is can we find those energy guys that, as we know, all too well here in St. Louis, are imperative if you're going to win a championship? Yeah. I mean, you're going to get some guys called up. Now, Jake Neighbors. Uh, hurt his, hurt, had an upper body injury last night, and that looks like he's going to be out for a little while. So that's a that's kind of a shame there on that front. Does that open yet another opportunity for somebody else to come up and get in? Well, you know, we'll have to wait and see. But you're right. Now, with, with that, Randy, though, and with those, you know, willingness to see what guys can do, there's going to be growing pains, and those growing pains are you're going to lose some games. You're going to see plays where, you know, you're so used to seeing some really good, smart hockey and go get it in winning hockey that now you're going to see mistakes that that cause you know errors and pucks to go the other way and then and that's going to be an adjustment for the fans to watch for just a little while but they are necessary steps to have young kids step in and uh, grow and start careers hey curves i I love listening to you uh, do your play-by-play because i know how much energy and effort you have for the st louis blues when you're calling a game like what you saw yesterday and they get out to a 6-0 deficit how does that how do you continue to to keep up the energy and keep up the spice with what's going on where there's not much going on that's good for the blues well carrie that's the easy part to be honest with you no i'm serious like look look there's still entertainment. It's mm-hmm. still hockey. I, I, I've said this before. I, I'll never forget a conversation I had with my dad. And this was, if you, if you remember Cardinal baseball in the 80s, and it was the Cardinals one year, the Mets one year. And it was sort of like, it wasn't like there was always just like these great epic battles. It was like one was good, then the other year, then the next was other, and you struggled. And, and I remember being frustrated, you know, during that stretch at one point. My dad looked at me and says, you know, not every year it's going to go the way you expect. You got to learn to just appreciate the game, mm-hmm. and and that was that was huge. And I can sit there and look. I'm watching that game last night, okay? And you see Alexi Torov yesterday afternoon. You see Alexi Torovchenko digging. You see Tyler Pitlick going, and those guys deserve the same effort, energy, and the calls and the excitement of the game. You know, as as at any point in time of the year. And 
and fans are going to come to the games, and, and you still have a chance to see something spectacular. Sports is still the best reality. I mean, look, at one point in time, I honestly, and I realize I might have been, you know, uh, there wasn't anything funky in, in the in the lunch that we had, but I, at one point in time, I'm like, you know, they had those two power plays when they made it six two. Like they sneak something in here, make it six three. The, the attention's going to pick up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then I started thinking because that first year when we were in Toronto, we were trailing five nothing going into the third period. The Blues came back and won that game. You know, and uh, I'll never forget Chaser standing up and all the media, the writers are right in front of us. And right after the Blues tied the game, and he goes, the best thing about that goal is you all have to rewrite your story. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. So, you just you never know, and, and you're going to get to see some things. You know, Matthew Highmore playing his first game as a Blue after, you know, playing 137 NHL games and getting sent back down. There's storylines that deserve. Uh, attention that deserve the same level of care and passion, uh, you know, whether the team is struggling or not. And, um, and, and look, guys, I keep looking at this. It, I, I know it's going to be hard as, as they struggle down the stretch here with 26 games to go. But right now they're the number nine team from the bottom. That's a top 10 pick. I'm going through and I see Brady Kachuk yesterday. That's the fourth overall pick. I, you know, I, you see, you see Stutzla, the third overall pick in 20. You know, I went through and I looked all the way back to 2008 when they drafted Carlson 15. And they had nine, nine, the Ottawa Senators, nine top 15 picks since 2008, right? They had six top 10 picks, you know, since uh, since like 2011. They've missed the playoffs five out of seven years, and this year is going to end up being eight out of 10 years. Eight out of the last 10, they've missed the playoffs, and the Blues have missed nine times since 1967. Wow. Like, and, and they've only had, and, and again, you keep hearing me say this because it's important. You've only had five top ten picks since 1989, and the last forward you took with a top ten pick was was Rod Brindamore, who's the coach of the team we're going to see tomorrow night for <laughs> yeah. Carolina. Okay, amazing. That was 19, and 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 the reason I say that is, look, the Blues have done an amazing job with their picks. You know, Robert Thomas at 20, Jimmy Snuggerud right there, okay? When they rebuilt the team and did have those three in the top 10, the one they traded to San Jose in 2007, but they took Johnson in 06 and they took Petrangelo in 08 at fourth, right? Look how quickly they turned around. But Backus was the second-round pick. Berglund was a late first-rounder. Perron was 26th overall. Oshie was in the 20s. And look what they're doing now with Cairo, who was a second-round pick. Pareko was a third-round pick. They went a Stanley Cup with two defensemen in Pareko and Edmondson that were third-round picks. They've done such a good job. Uh, Barbashev, a second-round pick. Uh, Bennington, a third-round pick. They've done such a good job drafting in those late rounds. Imagine what could happen if, because you just you fell off uh, you know, the wagon a little bit this year and it didn't go your way, you actually do have a maybe a, a top eight, a top six, a top nine pick. And that's something the franchise could use. They really mm-hmm. could use it. So it's while the scenario isn't as fun as you thought it would be, it's a necessary downturn. And I just, I, I, again, I look at it, the cupboard is not bare for this franchise. And so I don't, it, even Doug Armstrong referenced in his press conference, the LA Kings, and he looks at that kind of quick turnaround. Not that, not, not what Buffalo and Edmonton and, and Ottawa and these other teams have done taking a decade to turn around. He says, I, I, I look at the model that the LA Kings have done. Well, the Blues, I think, have more to deal with at this point than the LA Kings did when they slipped out. So mm-hmm. it it's tough, 
but it's not, I don't think it's as, as bad as some may think. And and that, but that leads to a very important offseason now for Doug Armstrong to how he sets that table. Kurt, was one last thing from me, and then there were six. The Blues have three home games left before the trade deadline. I would love to see a game. It doesn't have to be the whole game, but I want to see Bennington between the pipes to start. I want to see Bortuzzo and Pareko together on defense and a line of Shen, Thomas, and Barbashev. Those are the six remaining guys from the Stanley Cup champions. I'd love to see them all on the ice at one time before we can't put together a group of six anymore. Yeah, and, and, and we'll, we'll slide Blay uh, in there if we end up with a six on five, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> with him coming back, <laughs> yeah, with him coming back to the group. You know what? It's uh, it's an interesting way of looking at it and thinking, Randy, because you look at that now and and you realize that. But here's the thing, and, and then you think, well, it's Steen, Gunnarsson, you know, and and Bo Meister, their their careers are over. But wow, you're going like boy Schwartz. Done. They're they're effective, you know. Somewhere, Robbie Fabry's in Detroit. Perron's in Detroit. Sonny's in Detroit. You got uh, Maroon in in Tampa. You know, you got O'Reilly in in uh, in Toronto and Tarasenko in New York. And you just kind of go down the list that way. And uh, the unfortunate thing for me is that COVID prevented the Blues from a real solid defense of their cup. Yeah. By the time that 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 would those bubble playoffs were different. You had 12th place teams that were battling in playoffs. You had teams that were not healthy, like Colorado, that all of a sudden were healthy. You know, and and then the next year, you know, the Bo Meester thing. Like it's just they unfortunately didn't get a chance to defend the cup due to the pandemic of the right way. And and I would have loved to have seen what could have happened in the defense of that one cup. Is would that have been a second run at least to a Stanley Cup final? Or maybe, you know, your third conference championship in, in three years, four years. Who knows? And then then the, the age of the players and the contracts and other things happen. So it is what it is at this point, and I agree with you. You still cherish what those guys did. But now you turn the table, and it's it, I'll tell you what, like from a pure hockey standpoint now, the final 26 games, Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo are now the key guys, and they're going to get every hard matchup. You can no longer hide those guys. You know, uh, in a game because somebody's got to contend with O'Reilly and Tarasenko and these guys. And so when you're talking about a storyline to watch, it's going to be watching how those two deal with it because now that you're going to realize quickly just how good Steen, Shen, and those other guys we've mentioned were to deal with the top matchups every single game and be as successful as they were. And I think it's going to be a very valuable lesson to some young guys here in the final 26 games. Curbs, great work over the weekend. You always do great work. Appreciate you taking some time with us this morning, as you do every Monday morning. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon. All right, you guys. Thanks, fellas. Have an awesome week, and uh, we'll see you when we're back home. Happy President's Day. <laughs> Thank you, too. <laughs> see you later, brother. That is Chris Kerber, Voice of the Blues, here on 101 ESPN.